Yeah. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. And we're live. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Doesn't really get any cornier than that, but you know, here we are anyway. Welcome everybody to the Common Sense Podcast prequel. Yes, the prequel, getting it started. Yes, welcome to the Common Sense Podcast. Where you can go when you realize everyone you work with ain't got it. Not quite. My name is Patrick. I am a fifth and sixth grade teacher here in Washington, D.C., and I'm Antonia. I teach kindergarten in Houston, Texas. Dope. And how how long have we been friends? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I literally thought about that. I thought about that all day, and I was like, <laughs> I'm not gonna ask her though until we were recording because I wanted to be a candid response. But I was like, I roll back on Instagram and uh. And see, I know I followed you first on Twitter, I think. Yeah, and then we just kind of became friends. So we met via social media, as everybody does these days. Don't talk to strangers online, guys. Don't you might make some friends. Everybody. And don't let them sell you products. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I we just kind of kept in touch, and then you came to DC for the NCTM conference, math conference. Yeah, we had um, champagne mojitos. Yes, we had champagne mojitos in Southeast DC, and it was lit. Mimosas, yeah, I remember. Tried yeah. to call them mimosas. They were not mimosas, though. They were not mimosas. They were definitely mojitos. mojitos but yeah. It was a good time. <laughs> um, and from there, like, we've just kept in touch. Um, I think literally we talk every day. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Always we, something to share. It's always something to share. Always something. Patrick will get this. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like talking to a teacher who get it is just extremely refreshing. So we thought let's actually take this offline and bring this into a podcast form and let's see um let's actually share the things that we talk about <laughs> yeah everyone needs to hear it we've got things to say and to others are probably agreeing with the things we're saying so and if not that's okay and if not that's fine right that's fine you know we're all entitled to our own opinions and that's why we have this show hello <laughs> um so I thought it would be really important for um, us to kind of just talk about how we got into education, why we're teachers, why we're still here despite all the bullshit that happens on a daily basis, locally, nationally, and everything in between. Um, so that our there's a lot, right? Right. A lot going on. So that our viewers, oh wait, listeners. So our listeners kind of get a, an opportunity to get to know us before we start a blabbing off at the mouth you got something to say <laughs> got stuff you want to share right well i have wanted to be a teacher since i was probably 
three years old, my dad always tells me, son, you, you been one to be a teacher, son. Like you put down the basketball and you picked up, you know, a pencil and you just love to read. And I said, well, thank you, dad, you know, for supporting me. And eventually, um, Santa Claus, you know, Santa Claus, did y'all have a chimney? We did not, you know, Santa Claus going straight to the ghetto, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like that. So Santa Claus brought me chalkboards and all those things. And I taught, you know, all my WWE action figures. And I taught my cousins. And, like, I just had such a love for the art of teaching. Um, and, and I also think because I had a really strong, like, elementary um, experience. So I went to school in... Yep. So I went to school in Southfield, Michigan, which is right outside of Detroit. Um, and I have phenomenal educators who kind of pushed me. And, and so as I grew up, so many people were like, okay, you need to let go of this teaching thing. Like you're not going to get paid and you're going to have to do these standardized tests, which take away from your teaching. And these were other teachers who were telling me just like, just let it go, like do something bigger, like you have a lot of potential to do something bigger. And I was like, okay. So when I went to Michigan State, I ended up majoring in communications. And it was the most boring thing I probably could ever, like, think of. It was awful. And What do people, like, what do they, well, I don't want to throw any shade towards that, but continue. <laughs> Just know that while it was communication, all we did was, like, lectures and tests and so i was missing the communicate the commu- communicating yeah, part yeah, yeah i was it was it was a it was a struggle but i kept getting all these calls from like people who were um like hey i have this tutoring opportunity can you do this um i have this another opportunity working with kids here can you do that and like i was like i really see this as like a calling i eventually got this one call from a guy in high school who I barely talked to. And he, he, he was like, hey, I know this guy. Um, and he they're looking for a camp counselor in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And Kalamazoo is on the west side of the state. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, um, okay, I'm going to go. So I, I ended up going to um, work at this summer camp. And it, it was a cost-free summer camp for, quote-unquote, at-risk youth, right? So they didn't have to bring did any... You, did you make it the whole summer? I did, right? But I've quit every camp I worked. Oh, my goodness. It was a whirlwind, and it was extremely difficult for me because <clears throat> I didn't know anyone, nor did I know the area, but I just kind of showed up because I loved working with kids. But what happened that I loved the most in the beginning was that I met a mentor um, and this mentor was the assistant director of the camp. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so excited. Like I've never had a male mentor before. And he was really like serious about taking me underneath his wing and like pushing me. Um, He worked in social work at the time. So he was like, I really, you know, want to see you become the best that you can be. And, like, for somebody who was kind of, you know, just getting used to that or never have had that type of experience before, like, I was like, I am, like, so grateful for this camp experience. 
Um, but little did, did I know was that he kind of used that as a leverage to take advantage of me over the course of that summer. And that then turned into like sexual abuse and assault throughout that summer. And mm-hmm. he um, used his mentorship as a grooming process, right? And so what kept me through that summer was the kids that I worked with, right? So like they gave me so much love, so much joy, so many hugs that they didn't even know that I needed like through that. And when I was at the summer camp and I was, you know, singing camp songs at night and being abused or singing camp songs in the morning and being abused at night, right? I was like, there were so many thoughts going through my head. And one of those thoughts was just like, you know, life is just really not worth it. Um, but I had so many kids who are doing so many amazing things and giving me so much love, as I said before. And um, I guess I could just sum it up all and say, like, they really saved my life. And so yeah. because they saved my life, I feel like I owe them mine. And so the way that I kind of pay back that those kids is by dedicating my life to giving them the best damn education that they can get you know um and so like this work is so personal for me because like this is life that we're talking about it's 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 for me it's deeper than lesson plans and curriculum but um it's truly a passion for mine um or a passion for me and um I take it very, very, very seriously. So I'm in this work for life. (laughs) And I'm excited to just like extend it, you know, outside of the classroom, but now on this podcast with you. I know I never shared that story with you, but I... No, you haven't. I think it kind of adds to how... Like we need the kids, right? right? Like they don't, they don't really know the impact that they have on us as educators and how they feel our, uh, like they keep us going. Right. So often we don't, we don't hear about that part. Like it's always about what the teacher did for the child, but it's never about like what the child, how they help the teacher. And like, it's a, it's a two way street. So. Mm-hmm. And because if you didn't know this, teachers are humans. Yes, yes, like myth busters for y'all asses like teachers are actually human (laughs) beings who have had life experiences that impact how they show up in the classroom in the the hallways like every single day and like that deserves to be acknowledged so it makes me wonder about well i don't want to get started on charters but (laughs) Like, what, what are y'all bringing to treat children? Yeah. I'll refrain. <laughs> another day, another story. How did you get into education? Um, so similar to you, I've always known I wanted uh, to become a teacher, but I think what kind of fueled it is in um, elementary. I have I have two younger siblings who both have uh, malforms of autism, mm. and uh, growing up. We lived right on the line between Dallas ISD and Duncanville ISD, and Duncanville being the suburban district. 
um, in Dallas being zoned to what many would call like an F school, if you will, although I don't prefer to label schools by letters, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we were able to go to Duncanville schools and both of my siblings went to the same school as me. And growing up and seeing the special education classrooms right down the hallway and kind of just comparing what they were doing all day to what I was doing all day. Mm. Um, I just, I became infuriated even at an early young age. I remember being in kindergarten and going down the hallway to peek and see what my sister was doing and she would just be playing. And I knew at home she could do the same things I was doing Mm. um, because I was teaching her. And so I guess the anger early on kind of fueled my desire to go into education um, because I saw the lack of what they were receiving. Uh, so I, I, at one point I wrote a letter to my sister's teacher oh. that was in like, goodness, I may have been in fourth grade oh, and I was telling her, <laughs> I was telling her how she needed to give my sister challenging work and that my sister could do the th- same things that I was doing. Expectations. <laughs> <laughs> um, my sister could do the same things I was doing and that I didn't appreciate her not coming home with homework or books to read when I was. Um, And I remember finding her IEP and ARD paperwork and reading through it fourth grade. And just like I said, the anger kind of fueled me. And so my little brother also was in special education classes and he wasn't being taught to read. Um, So I kind of took it upon myself to teach him him to read. Just a, a little black boy, he's been put in special ed. You're not teaching him to read. He's it's infuriating. Um, and so for me, going into education was a way to kind of like personally deal with the anger that I experienced growing up with my siblings, uh, not receiving the services that they were supposed to receive in school. Um, and it's just always been I, like, it's in me. I naturally gravitate to situations where I can teach someone something or help someone out or for me, the literacy component is huge, too. I mean, I love to read. I was reading when I walked into kindergarten. So creating opportunities and chances for other kids to experience that joy early on, like n- nothing fills my cup as much as that, which I think is why I'm interested in the primary grades. I mean, you get to literally see that moment when they, they learn to read and they just unlock a whole new world. So Yeah, there's nothing like that. Yeah. Like, I taught first grade. Yeah last year um 2016 2017 um and the majority of my class came in as non-readers and the first time that they like sound out a word and like figure it out and like put meaning to it like that light bulb moment it makes you want to cry doesn't it oh my goodness yeah like i had a friend this year that like like we sh- we worked hard all year, and the first time he blended a word, I was in tears. It's just, there's nothing that compares to that. Um, but because I knew I wanted to go into education in high school, I did this program called Ready, Set, Teach. Okay. Um, which was offered through the magnet that I went to. So it was basically kind of set up like a college. So you choose your, your focus going in. So I was in the education cluster. And so for my specials or ancillary electives, whatever you call it, I was in education-oriented classes. Um, and then I went for your uh, general ed. I was with children from all over the high school. Um, but for those education classes, 
it may have been about curriculum, lesson planning, or we had time out in the field op, uh, doing observations. So from my freshman year of high school, I've been in classrooms, um, observing, pulling small groups, teaching, and I've had the privilege to be under Black educators for most of that. Um, so oftentimes I forget that I've only been teaching, a, I think I'm going into my third year. I forget, right? Because I've been in classrooms since I was 14. Um, so I did that in high school and then majored in education and graduated that my classroom. So it's been a very linear path for okay. me. No details. Yeah. I, um, when I graduated from Michigan State University uh, with my degree in elementary ed, I had to make a choice, which was <laughs> because the there was a fifth year of student teaching and I could not afford. Oh, it wasn't in the it was, four no, years? No, it was an extra fifth That's year because they're number, you know, we've been number one for elementary ed for 20 something odd years. And oh, okay. one of the things that makes us like unique is that we do a full year of student teaching. Y'all aren't that unique. I a full year and we're taking and we're taking master's um classes and we are in the classroom for 40 hours a week and eventually the classes hours or or whatever but i couldn't afford that shit like it was a full year because you you're technically graduated now um and so yeah no one talks about the cost of student teaching no and it's like they need to pay student teachers. And they kept saying, like, oh, well, you can get a second job or you can go work at, you know, these places. And I'm just like, I am not. I need a salary. Do- I need a salary. And, like. Run me my coins. Every last one of them. Like, <laughs> you know. Um, so uh, I ended up joining uh, Teach for America <laughs> dun dun dun! dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the sound effects. We need them. Um, but I ended up joining Teach for America because I knew that they were going to get me on a path to certification. Um, and so they ended up placing me in Washington D.C., which I was super excited about um, because it was like the place to be for young black professionals and. Look, I'm still trying to make it to Look, DC. Okay. <laughs> so I ended up moving here, um, and that's kind of where I started my actual teaching career. So my peers were in their student teaching, and I was teaching for real. Um, salary. I was salary, but they started me off in a chartered school. But we can talk about that on another episode. <laughs> but I want to let you we'll know that. that I my journey has been everything but linear. Um, like I did not follow the the Michigan State program as I was supposed to. Um, I have this is my I, I just finished my third year of teaching, and I have um, taught in public charter and private school so i cover all the bases (laughs) i have been bouncing my little ass around trying to find the best fit for me because as i said this work is personal and Mm -hmm. i want 
to ensure that I am my full self when I am in front of children every single day. And choosing the environment that um, I will best thrive in is like super important to me. Um, So I've been bouncing around, but I'm still here in D.C. now teaching all boys. That's interesting. I've so I student taught I've bounced around in terms of like so socioeconomic status. So I student taught in a neighborhood that had multi-million dollar homes. Um PTO raised over a hundred thousand dollars in one night, auctioned off an African safari. Um had all the money. And then I decided that I wasn't happy there. I didn't want to teach there for my first year. Um, because I didn't grow up in an environment like that, and I felt a huge disconnect. So I went to the south side of Houston, and I taught. I hate when people say they south side. I hate when people say they taught Title One. They taught in a low income area, um, but south side of Houston. Okay. I mean, it is what it is. So I taught there and just became infuriated um, with what was happening um, to children in that school and that area, and how the district basically like forgot about it and left it to rot. Yeah. Um, and so my principal was leaving and for my mental sanity, like my mental health, I had to leave because I was turning into someone I didn't like just dealing with all the, the drama and the, the testing and, you know, everything that goes along with being in a school that's been rated improvement required for four mm. years. I decided I need to leave. Um, and so now I'm out in the suburbs teaching um, an extremely diverse set um, of children. So last year I had seven languages spoken in my classroom, wow. um, racially, ethnically, um, culturally, like extremely diverse. But I'm still like, you know, when you know that there's something still missing, there's a missing right. link, I'm still trying to figure out what that is. And where I'll end up. So I'm happy for now. I like where I am. It's um, interesting comparing experiences in all three different uh, schools, but yeah. Absolutely. I think for me, it's been the exact opposite. So I started in an international school um, in Lansing, Red Cedar School. It's now closed. Fuck the the East Lansing Public School Board um, for closing down that school. It was an amazing school. But there were, <laughs> were dozens of languages that were spoken there, and I was in a first grade classroom. Um, but now, being in, in, in D.C., I teach in Southeast. Um, I ta- I've taught in Southeast for two years now. I've ta- taught in Northeast for another year. Um, you know, these are communities where um, people have been historically underserved. Um, and I feel like the different um, values that are put in education, you know, in public charter and private are so interesting. Oh, like yeah. the fact that we are trying to achieve the same goal. The same goal, <laughs> Yeah, right? we got 20,000 paths to get there. Um, and some of them involve worksheets. Lots A lot of, of packets. Packets black Scripts. and white packets and but sometimes you get astro bright sometimes, paper just when you want to switch it up though those are our holidays like <laughs> <laughs> you know 
Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm enjoying teaching. I'm currently in a private school for all boys. My school is a hundred percent African American boys. Um, my school is tuition free, so it makes my that's amazing. Yeah, so it makes my, makes it absolutely, accessible. Absolutely. So I'm really enjoying the experience, and I'm excited to return back to a school for more than one year. <laughs> so that's real, right? Because you leave, and you're just like you don't get to tell them why you left or why you had to leave or what happened, and then you're just left wondering about the kids, right? And like you try to keep in touch, touch as much as you can, but it's like yeah. uh, you can only do so much. Um, so much. But I definitely want to ensure that I try to keep in touch with as many of my students as I can. Um, you, you know, because once they're yours, like, they're your babies. Like, for they're life. yours. For, That's it, for right? Life. For life. What you need? For I got you. Forever. Forever, ever? I wasn't prepared for, um, like, I was sad when this last school year ended. But I don't think I was as sad as I expected to be because I'm going back. So it's it's interesting because, well, it'll be different for you, but it's interesting because I get to see those kids next mm-hmm. year. And so... Yeah, so my kids have... I know, I'm just, I'm excited. So, like, I cry, but it's like, I get to see you right. in August. So I'm not going to cry as well, much. Well, I was sobbing because my students are in fifth grade and they promoted, a.k.a. graduated, for those who, you know, are attached to that term. And they are off to several different schools around the DMV area. So I only got one year with them. But but the next one you got them for... for yeah, so two? I'm teaching fourth and fifth grade next yeah. year. Um, so I'll have the fourth graders for two years and I'll have the these fifth graders for one. Um, and I like that model because it, you know, looping is just incredible if you can do it in a... I'm hesitant to to loop. I'm not sure why. Even though, like, so I've taught first grade, so I'm I'm capable of looping, but I I don't know. I think maybe it's because kinder first are such, there's such a huge, um, like, gap in when they come in kindergarten and when they leave you in first grade, it's kind of scary to think about leaving end of your first grade and going back to beginning of your kinder. That's two different worlds. Trust me, I know. (laughs) but i think that um our experiences are i think they complement each other for the sake of this podcast we're like opposites but like you you know two peas in a pod salt and pepper all those things um and and i think our experiences have like shaped us to be the opinionated (laughs) educators that we are via social media and beyond um because this work is you know extremely personal for us i'm not just here for a check hello now the coins are important they are i don't like the term what is it um uh he he just not here in it for the in in for the outcome not for the income no i need my money in it for these checks however that's not the primary reason that I step foot in front of my classroom every single day. But don't think you can miss Hello? my direct deposit. 
let's be clear. Let's be clear. <laughs> so, folks, as we move forward, um, our podcast, Common Sense Podcast, will have several different. We got things to things cover. To cover, what should we call them? Several different episodes, not episodes. Several different parts. Um, parts. Parts. Let's so we come up with a better with term. Parts. parts. Um, we're always going to bring good news because there are, despite the shitty world that we live in, there are still good things happening in classrooms, um, all across the world. Um, there are so many amazing educators out there doing phenomenal work and we have to call that out. So we're definitely going to be sharing good news every single episode. Every single episode. And then there's the meat of the episode, I guess. Um, kind of like what's going on, current events, yeah, right? whatever's on our mind. Um, current events, what's trending, um, could be an, an oh, interview um, of one of our favorite educators or um, someone who has something to say, um, could be an editorial or whatever we want it to be. Um but we hope that you gain some insight that you can take into um, your classroom and your life uh, after that portion. Then, question of the week. Got questions? Send them. In. Send them. You slide in our DMs anyway. What do you want to know? <laughs> slide on in. You know what I'm saying? You have a question for us, send it in. How are they sending it in? We can do Instagram. I mean, what do you think will work? Something easy. Send us your questions to our Instagrams at President Pat or at Miss Adams. Or you can teaches. email us at commonsensepod at gmail.com. C O M M. Whatever works for you. C-O-M-M-O-N-S-E-N. S E P O D at gmail.com. Common sense pod at gmail.com. We know y'all got questions. They ask them a lot. <laughs> um, and then, folks, I mean, it's without a question for my behavior chart, folks. You know, we're going to have to clip down somebody every week. <sighs> so, go from green great, straight down the red straight you can't down come back the red up. and there's no coming back from that um and we just want to call out those folks who are really making our jobs a lot harder than they have to be for no, for no reason. reason but on the flip side we will also be shouting out those educators on social media who are saying powerful things that resonate with us that we want to share with you via this podcast so it's not all shade right i got some good stuff to share it's good stuff it's common sense common sense got any last thoughts i am really just excited about this like 
like <laughs> I'm excited to to give them like the raw and unedited versions of us because I feel like <laughs> they get a not just you get a, a an edited version. I refrain right. from posting a Sometimes lot. Sometimes I record the same video two or three times because I know I'm gonna hurt y'all feelings. However, um, the podcast will be a different a different side of us, and I'm excited about this. We know y'all y'all I just I'm excited because so. so often like I'll open Instagram and I'll I'll like you type it out and you just no. like no, 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 not ready. <laughs> right so then I would just I would just send it to ready. you because I know that you got it I know that you got it um so make sure that you tune in um wherever podcasts are downloaded <laughs> <laughs> Every two weeks, folks. Every we two weeks, there. because we're still in the classroom too, right? We got papers to grade, and yes. we got lesson, lesson plans plan. to do, and meeting with parents and administrators, and the same staff meetings y'all are going to. Um, but you know what? I, I also am extremely excited um, to kind of have this type of conversation in hopes that. People who are not in education have a podcast to listen to that helps them to start their own conversations um, surrounding education because everybody knows a kid. Therefore, everybody should be invested in education and what's happening currently and how far we need to go to get our babies in schools that fully support all their whole selves. Amen. Amen. So, folks. Y'all ready? I don't think they are. Oh, Lord. I don't think they're ready. I don't think you're ready. All right, folks. (laughs) We will see you on episode one. See ya. Bye, guys.